the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast, explaining the news coming out of the complex worlds of finance, economics, and politics, and the impact it will have on everyday Americans. Author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, and trader, Chris Markowski. Okay, welcome, everybody. Um, I, I mentioned this before on the program, because I do questions from time to time. Uh, Chris, what do you read? Where do you go to? Because I made it perfectly clear that um, yeah, I, I don't watch any cable news. I don't go out of my way to watch it. If it's on in front of me, I, I may watch a little bit and make fun of it. Uh, but um, yeah, a, a myriad of papers from all over the world I, I read on a regular basis. And there are two really good journalists out there in particular that I pay close attention to. And this, this is pretty much outside outside the, uh, the world of, of business, even though they delve into it from time to time. Matt Tybee, uh, actually, when again, we were going after the big brokerage firms and the crime that was taking place in downtown New York and nothing was being done about it, he was as well. And that's that one individual. His name is Matt Tybee. He can uh, read his stuff off a of Substack. And then there's uh, Glenn Greenwald, uh, formerly of The Intercept. Matt Tybee is, uh, is a little bit... Um, I'd say easier to read, if you will. It's pretty funny. Does a lot of sub-references as well, but it's spot on. And again, um, I'm a libertarian guy. I have my conservative leanings, and no doubt about it, these guys are not. Uh, they're not. They're, they're, I would say that they've kind of actually moved. I think Matt Tybee has moved most certainly uh, to the center, more of a libertarian, but they're very in- interested and getting at the truth, and they have no trouble going after anyone, much like us here at the Watchdog on Wall Street show, our podcast, and uh, what we do at Markowski Investments. Um, you want to be good at what you do. You want to be good at understanding the world around you. You want to be able to manage risks properly. Uh, again, um, you can't deal in falsehoods. You have to deal in reality. And I want to I would kind of preface what I want to get into next. Matt Tyree did a piece lately on um, basically going after the media, much like like I do, and this uh, this whole um, I, I guess they wanted to get everybody all bent out of shape over this what is it called the uh, ivermectin uh, over there coats in that this is ivermectin overdoses are happening all over the country. It's a report out of Oklahoma that, that, that emergency rooms were so overwhelmed that gunshot victims were going untreated. The whole thing was a lie. The whole thing was a lie, and it didn't even take much work to figure out that the thing was one big, fat lie. In fact, um, late uh, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, who, if you're not familiar with Joe Rogan, he, uh, he's an actor, he's a comedian, and he also happens to be the Rush Limbaugh of podcasters. He is the big dog that's out there. I happen to be a big fan of his podcast. I do not get the opportunity to listen to them uh, that much simply because they're so long. Um, they're hours on There's only so many hours in the day, uh, but he is really good at what he does. But anyway, he, he took uh, this uh, ivermectin and got, after he got COVID, and he was done with it after a couple of days. I mean, he took some other things as well, but uh, again, he was better in a couple of days. 
Anyway, anyway, I, I want to read to you a little bit from Matt Tybee's piece here. I think it's important. Because, again, I, I try to, I'm trying to get more and more people off the cable news. I am. Matt writes, he says, news has become a corporatized version of the two minutes hate. Do you remember that from Orwell? The two minutes of hate. The goal of every broadcast is some sort of anxiety-ridden audience provoked to the point of a fury by the unpoliced infamy of whatever recklers are said to be threatening civilization this week. The unvaccinated insurrectionists, Assadists, Greens, Bernie Bros, Jill Stein, Russians, the promoters of white supremacy culture. This is not good because this brand, this, this way of, of basically presenting the news, it's not about being accurate, but rallying audiences to addictive disgust. As a result, most uh, so-called journalist press people now shrug off the odd error or six, so long as they feel stories are directionally right, aimed at deserving targets. Again, this is not new. You know, we can talk about this going back to the fake but true documents, right? They're fake, but they're true. I never thought this could happen, but people like Rachel Maddow, Joy Reid, and the editor of the New York Times opinion page have taken over the role once occupied by Jerry Falwell's moral majority. As a kid, I tilted blue in my politics in significant part because I couldn't stand or understand crusading moralists like Falwell, whose entire reason for being was driving millions of followers to hate and fear people they not only seem to know nothing about, but claim they hope they never to meet. Gays, lesbians, punk, rock musicians, rappers, comics who use naughty words, fantasy gamers, and scariest of all, goth teens who drew pentagrams on their trapper keepers. I remember those days. What was, what was the name of that? Uh, remember from the Birdcage? <laughs> what was that organization? Was it the Center for Moral Order or something like that? Gene Hackman was in charge of the Center for Moral <laughs> Order. And his, uh, his, remember, it was his buddy got died in bed with a uh, teenage prostitute. Anyway, anyway, uh, Falwell and his imitators mixed a conspicuously unchristian, unforgiving attitude with undisguised glee at the suffering of anyone they understood to have brought divine retribution upon themselves. Sound familiar? Remember the fundamentalist opinion on AIDS patients? That if the homosexual community would stop doing what they are doing, they would stop getting what they are getting. Then there was Falwell's take on New York after 9-11, that when we destroy 40 million little innocent babies, we make God mad. And the pagans and the abortionists and the feminists and the gays and the lesbians and the ACLU, I point the finger in their face and say, you helped this happen. Again, um... Ridiculous, in my opinion. Again, not only is it ridiculous, um, as, uh, you know, Falls says stuff like that. He obviously doesn't fear God either. That brand of pious sadism is now baseline 
norm in the wing of the media business where I once worked. The press was once a great haven for every aesthetic practitioner of gallows humor who couldn't get a real job anywhere else. But it's lately become a humorless religious cult. Not different from Flawwell's gang, except that it's bigger and vastly more influential. Today's press constantly makes religious icons out of tendentious bureaucrats like Bob Mueller and St. Anthony Fauci. Driving all the time to turn changeable news narratives into inflexible holy writ and delights even more than Falwell in his own version of divine retribution stories. Oh, and guys, we, I can go through many of these things, can we not? Many of these things that they go after. I'm going to move on a little bit here and, and talking about using basic facts. So they're not using, telling people basic facts. They don't do that anymore. News media and what they cover is basically turned into an exercise in uh, doctrinal enforcement. With outlets now trying to restrict reports to narratives they deemed healthy for public consumption, which, again, I'll throw it out there. Is it really that much different than what the Taliban is doing? Right? Really much different. Same thing. Trump is racist. Russians are bad. This move towards a decency police model coincided with a cash grab commercial strategy that revolved around the factory production of these moral panics, most of them having to do with Trump. Reporters out there who adopted any posture other than maximum freakout were hounded as traitors until they confess their sins. You must confess your sins. It's kind of Spanish Inquisition. Now, if you happen to think, if you happen to disagree with Trump's border policy, but, um, and I did, I did in a different way. I did in a different way, but you know, the left disagreed with in a certain way. But uh, again, you might have disagreed with it, but didn't think it was Auschwitz for crying out loud. If you would have uh, voted no, let's say, let's say you didn't want Brett Kavanaugh, but you weren't 100% convinced that he was a serial rapist. Or if you said, you know what, police brutality is bad. It, it can be a, a problem. But guess what? Guess what? Not every police officer out there is a racist murderer. If you believed in any of those things, you thought those in your mind, you were suspect. In, in the world of today, with these uh, nut job journalists out there, you either are on board or aiding the enemy. Which is how even the mildest skeptics in some of these deviance hunts end up slapped with absurd monikers like anti-anti-Trump or anti-anti-Russia. The press devolved into clashes of black, massive black-white characterizations, which were not only childish, but mandatory. And again, this latest episode with this uh, ivermectin uh, dose is, is, is telling when it comes to this. This is why I don't subscribe. This is why you shouldn't either. Again, it's not good for the country. It's not. Never has been. 
It never has been. It, it's always better to take a couple steps back and, and, and to think a little bit and to look at others' perspectives from time to time. And you still may disagree, but that doesn't make them a devil or a heathen. Now, oftentimes, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be in conversations with people and they go on these anti-Biden tirades. And I, I, I don't like getting involved in these things. I don't agree with Biden by any stretch of the imagination and not the stuff he's doing right now. But I also understand that he's not running the show. He's not running the show. There, there, there's an entire group of people behind Biden that are running things. And I also think that that was the case under Obama as well. It was handled. Biden is being managed. And it's sad to watch. But again, it's this cabal that does this. And again, it, it works. Dividing people into various different camps, it, it works. And again, following the media blindly is just a fool's game. Do you remember back when, um, this lead up to the Iraq war, and France wasn't on board? France was not on board with this thing. Do you remember, it was almost every night on Fox News, Bill O'Reilly going after France. Remember, we're not calling them French fries anymore. We're calling them freedom fries. You know how stupid that is? It's almost as dumb as calling the Patriot Act the Patriot Act. Patriot Act, which allows the government to spy on all of us, take a look at our, our search history, look at our emails, have the NSA out of complete control. We have a camera on every corner here in the United States at this point in time. We call that the Patriot Act. Yeah. Anyway, just, just a bit of a thought piece here this morning. But anyway, one other thought here. Um, surprise, surprise. Um, Fauci is caught lying again. And here's a class example why you don't pay any attention to the mainstream media. They, they won't cover it. They won't cover it. And the funny thing is, you only got one guy in Congress. You got Rand Paul. Senator Rand Paul's the only one that's pointing this out. Why wouldn't Republicans be jumping up and down trying to haul this guy in front of Congress saying, you lied to us? For how long here on the program, I I talked about my utter disgust that my tax dollars went to pay to create COVID. And all of you out there, the taxpayers, should feel just as angry. Your tax dollars paid for the creation of COVID. If you couldn't see it in Fauci all along the way, they was so, again, it's just like, it's like a movie, some sort of villain. But you're not sure if he's the villain, but he's the villain all along. You take a look at his past statements. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, there's just no worry about COVID affecting the United States. I mean, he said that. I was at bloody Newsmax when he said it on Newsmax. Oh, there's nothing to worry about here. And don't need masks, need masks. Back and forth on everything. He never came clean. Yeah, your your tax dollars paid for this. You got the Freedom of Information Act. uh, Lawsuit against uh, the National Institutes of Health. 
uh, Fauci, the Fauci-funded EcoHealth Alliance, a New York-based nonprofit. Yeah, how many, how many people want to bet that that New York-based nonprofit, everybody working there, makes uh, six to seven figures plus? They were absolutely engaged in gain-of-function research to make chimeric SARS-based coronaviruses, which they confirmed could infect human cells. This is a roadmap to the high-risk research that could have led to the current pandemic. Fauci lied to Congress when he denied funding gain-of-function research. Remember, he threw that back at Rand Paul. If anybody's lying here, Senator, it's you. But again, again, I'm sure he'll be on one of the networks today. And again, we've got enough brainwashed Americans out there. That's they are, brainwashed Americans that will buy into it. And again, you think about how easy it is today. How easy it is today. I was watching, you know, from time to time, I want to relax. What was it? Uh, it was Labor Day. It was Monday. I was up early. And, you know, I, I don't have uh, cable anymore. I just, I have the, uh, the wireless stuff, Apple TV, and I got the services that I use, and they recommend stuff. And up popped this uh, National Geographic documentary, stuff that you might like, Chris. Um, it was on the SS. And how, you know, how the SS and where they came from, how they created the whole thing. And I said, oh, this looks interesting. That's true. I watched it. And they're going today and they're talking about how the, the, you know, the public was brainwashed and how they brainwashed all of these kids and how it was done and showing some of the propaganda that we, was used back in the day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Himmler and those guys, they were pikers. Pikers compared to what? can be done today. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Boris Johnson, the UK, um, promised not to raise... Ta- he's doing his best George H. W. Bush. Uh, yes, uh, uh, read my lips, no new taxes. Nope, they're raising taxes in the UK. They're raising taxes in the UK. Another 2.5 percentage points on the payroll tax. They're going to raise the top rate on capital gains tax to 39.4%. And they're going to use this money to toss into their national health service. Um, Again, I don't live in the UK. And for whatever reason it may be, they love that. Not everybody, but that's, you know, that's that's their thing. That's their thing. Their national health service. Which is again, not not what we're used to by any stretch. And I have my com- most certainly have complaints about healthcare here in the United States, but uh, it's not like it is over there. Not by any stretch. I tell that story here on the program. Yeah, it's that ongoing joke about the Brits and bad teeth. You know the whole Austin Powers thing. Well, we're there on vacation. Oh, what how many years ago? This four years ago, maybe. We just went for like four days, flew to London, was going to just do the tourist thing there in the UK, and then, you know, off to, to Greece we go. And uh, my daughter had braces at the time, and one of the wires popped in her braces, and it was pain, because 
poking into her mouth and we had to get it fixed. Now that happens here in the United States. They, um, the, the, uh, the orthodontist, they, you know, no matter where you are, they kind of like fix that stuff for nothing. Just come in, we'll fix it for you. So it's like an unwritten rule. So we eventually were trying to try to find an orthodontist over there, which we eventually did how to get that fixed for her. I, I think the bill came to like 200 pounds. I don't remember. It was like some $300 for, I don't know, maybe a minute or two, five minutes worth of uh, work. Not making this up. <laughs> it was 300 bucks to do that. And I say, yeah, I just wonder why the teeth are bad. People can't afford to fix their teeth. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you, you don't want to like an injured over there. It's just, it's not the, not the best thing in the world. And uh, again, family over in Europe. Yeah. Many of these countries, they have their government run healthcare, but, um, people that can afford it, they get private, they go private. And I have made that prediction here before here on the program. Um, that's the direction we're headed. That's it. You know, right now people say, Oh yeah, we got to turn this around. It's, you know, trying to, trying to stop a, uh, a, a, a train going in one direction. I don't see it happening. I don't. Uh, Joe Biden tomorrow is going, oh, wonderful. Wonderful. And there's no way he's going to take questions on this. Uh, He's got now a six-prong strategy. Six-prong strategy, which is kind of reminds me of, I don't know, five-year plan. Six-prong strategy to combat the coronavirus pandemic throughout the fall. Yeah, um, again, big, big red headlines on Drudge, 300% more COVID cases this year than compared to last year, Delta variant. Again, isn't it funny, you know, I I talk about the old nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again to watch all of these people in Washington, D.C. flail around, flail around and try to fix stuff, try to control things that they just can't control. Hey, this has happened throughout history. You know, the, the, the wizards are smart. The economists back in the 1960s, they were convinced that they could manage the economy. They could tinker with the economy. They had control over it. Right. Sure. Yeah. All of these wizards are smart people that they're going to control this virus. I'm reading another story today. And again, full disclosure, I've been fully vaccinated and I also got COVID. They're saying if you've been fully vaccinated and you had COVID, you've got some sort of super strength power against getting COVID again. I don't know. Again, I, I hear there's a new story that comes every day. I don't know whether it's true or not. What I do know is that your lockdowns and the decisions that you made, the unthoughtful decisions you made from the get-go were we're not good. We're not good from, from taking kids out of school and sending them home from colleges and universities. Um, yeah, I'm still going with the whole, we should have just let the thing rip, protect the people that were most vulnerable, do everything we can to protect the people that were most vulnerable and prone to get this, and move on. And yes, I also made perfectly clear that, again, we were a, a nation that was at greater risk 
of people catching COVID because we have health issues here in the United States. We don't live. uh, Americans, for the most part, are not that healthy. They're not. Doesn't take much. Go take a look around. Go take a look around and take a look at the obesity. Take a look at the diabetes numbers. Take a look around. So, yeah, we, we were at greater risk, without a doubt. And these are things that we need to take into consideration. Um, again, Delta may, might not have mutated by that point. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, is the virus, of course it's real. Of course it's real. Fauci and the, 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 the folks over at the Wuhan conjured the thing up in a lab. The reality is we're going to have to deal with it. We got a, um, another record here. And again, this is stuff that these are records that it's hard to get your arms around. Um, the uh, consensus was that the Bureau of Labor Statistics was going to report a print of um, 10 million July job openings. Um, <laughs> it's, now, it's almost 11. 11 million job openings. Um, wow. We got um, 2.2 million more job openings than people that are unemployed here in the United States. Think about that. Yeah, do you know you understand? You go back to you know prior to Lyndon Johnson, but you're reading a uh, book by uh, George Will. It's quite good, conservative sensibility. But again, it's another one of those books. It's lengthy. You know, it's a five six hundred page book, various different ideas. Ideas that we've presented over the years here on the program as well, talking about the um the issues we have in this country. He, George Will makes the same comment we met at, you know, LBJ was the most consequential American president in history. The, the trajectory of the country changed in, in the 1960s. And again, a lot of the things we brought up here in the program, the destruction of the family, and I, I talk about all the time here on the show, you know, it's the, the money spent on, it's not spending more money on schools that's going to mean anything. It's the fact that you have parents that care that mean something. And it talks about labor participation prior to LBJ, then moving on to today, the amount of people that we have on disability, so on and so forth. Think about that for a second. There's 2.2 million more job openings than unemployed workers. Now, we have a, we have a welfare state here in the United States. We have poor nations impoverished nations to our south impoverished crime-ridden nations to our south in uh not all of mexico but a large swath of mexico most certainly central america and you know most of the people venezuela would love to get the hell out well you don't think you think that they can't see these numbers and say shit they have that many job openings in the united states what, what do you think they're going to do? Let me ask you a question. What would you do? What would you do? I think it's a good exercise that many people don't engage in. You know, the old concept of uh, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Okay? You didn't, you didn't win the, uh, 
the, the wonderful lottery of being born uh, a United States citizen. You didn't win that, that lottery. And you just so happen to be born into poverty in El Salvador or now uh, Nicaragua, which is, uh, again, they got Daniel Ortega is, is running that country again as a dictatorship. And you've got nothing. You got MS-13, you've got crime, and you've got no jobs. And you say, hey, you know, um, let's move north. Is it, is it any different? I mean, again, I know it's illegal. My, my, my father-in-law, I mean, the story came from, you know, after World War II, poverty stricken Greece came over on a boat with it's it's a constant story that that we've gone through and again obviously I understand the legalities of it and how we got to get our arms around it but uh, again again 2.2 million more job openings than unemployed workers now couple this with the fact that Whole Foods I just saw Whole Foods is now opening up their stores no cashiers no cashiers in their stores. Gee, I wonder why. Wonder why. Um, on the uh, financial front, right here again, this is uh, Watchdog on Wall Street Echo Chamber. 85% of high yield bonds have a negative real yield. Now, again, before, uh, you know, I don't, people that don't uh, comprehend or get their arms around what this means, it means that. The currency has been debased. High yield bonds are bonds that pay a higher yield because there's more risk involved. Due to inflation, what it is today, these high yield bonds, the riskiest bonds out there, the ones that are more apt to default, are actually losing your money, losing you money if you own them, based upon the inflation and the value of your money, your purchasing power. There was actually a, an argument this morning. Argument this morning was on CNBC with Joe Kernan and uh, what's his name there? I, I'll think of it in a second. Oh, Steve Leisman. Steve Leisman, who is a, an establishment guy, he's all for the Fed, loves the Fed, loves these economists, thinks they're just brilliant, and doesn't believe the currency's been debased. Now, this 85% of high-yield bonds having a negative real uh, yield, that in and of itself is BS, because that figure is based upon the government numbers when it comes to inflation. You and I are smarter than that. We know that it's running hotter than 10%. Anyway, got to go, everybody. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. And I, I could do the Joe Rogan thing here on the program. I could. Yeah, Rogan goes on for about two hours. I, I mentioned Rogan. He, 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 I'm, hey, listen. In my, he's one of the best that's out there. Got a diff, completely different program. He brings people on. It's you know question-answer type of a situation. Um, I, I try to get to just a few things every day that we can learn. It's kind of like how I, I, I coach I can't stand coaches. I can't stand coaches that go on these diatribes, stop practice, and just start lecturing kids. Just start going on and on and on and on. Because most of that information is going one ear and out the other. You give little bits of information. I give 10-second bursts. 
boom, 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 boom. And of every practice, they could take home maybe 10, 15, 20% of what I thought that, that I'm, I'm heading in the right direction. That's just, you know, my theory on things. Anyway, Watchdog on WallStreet.com. That's actually Rick Patino's as well. That's how he coaches also. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Have a uh, wonderful day. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.